right there. That's the story of me. <laughs> I want to talk to you about something. Yeah, what is it, Dave? You ever had a bologna sandwich? <laughs> Coming in hot. Coming in hot. All right. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Well, what a year this week has been. (laughs) Oh, Lord. What a decade. What a decade. What a (laughs) century we have lived through in the past seven days. I died. You died and you're back. I you it's like hello yeah. again. Yeah. It's like hello yeah. again. Yeah. Truly, every day I pass away and every day my ghost comes back to see <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> I, have, I have been reborn <laughs> many times this week myself. Um, well, thanks for joining us, friends uh, at home. This is Busy Phillips is doing her best. I am the aforementioned Busy Phillips joined <laughs> by Casey St. Ange. Hello. And... Shantira Hello. Jackson in a new apartment with no boxes. I'm impressed. You've already unpacked so much. No, I think no, the no. boxes are hidden. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm trying to flex. Look at this. All the boxes are. Oh, okay. I got well, it just so like right. the last two weeks, you've just had like behind you so many boxes. It looks and like this a- week. Yeah, like everything's in the kitchen and then the rest of it is chill, like clothes. I ain't going nowhere. I'm just going to take my time putting those in the closet. But the kitchen had to be unpacked and the TV has been mounted and everything else in between. We could take our sweet time. Would you say that's what you've done your best at this week, Shantira? Oh, man. I mean, (laughs) let's say let's just keep it personal (laughs) for the first bit because we all know. Yes, I I would say yes. This has been uh, the thing that I've done the best. And I... um, I'm actually going to de- decorate this apartment. I Every time I was in my 20s, I knew I would be moving away. And I wouldn't put anything on the wall. So this is great. Going to decorate this one like a real person. <laughs> I mean, it's like an adult move. The apartment already looks beautiful. It's clean and white. And it uh, looks yes. lovely in there. From our, um, our dark, abysmal, box-riddled <laughs> picture. Where's... Everyone wants to know where's the bunny's house. Where is the bunny oh, living? Oh, okay. So this is fun. We have a bathroom bunny now. We just gave oh, we just okay. gave June up the bathroom because um, it's big. She likes to live under the toilet, uh, and then we just like baby proofed it. So we leave the door open, and she just like lives in our pretty big bathroom. <laughs> All right. You know we have bathroom cats. Yeah, have cats that like prefer to live in a bathroom. Yeah, and a lot of times people will ask, yeah, like where are your cats? Why do you only post pictures of Gina? And I'm like, well, because the cats really just enjoy being in the bathroom. I don't know what to tell you. I've she literally really never seen your cats. <laughs> Same. <Ever. laughs> we left the door open when there wasn't anything around to see what she'd do. And she like went under the bed for like five minutes and then she went back in the bathroom under the toilet. She had choices and that is she what choices. she wanted. Well, that's the same with Gildo and Rosie, except they have less choices because <laughs> they do like to pop on furniture. And uh-huh. I had to say, that's not acceptable. Yeah, in they love that. This house. So you have to, and we've tried, I've tried, I've given them the things to pop on, the scratching posts and stuff, mm-hmm. but 
They do actually really like their bathroom. It's a big bathroom. <laughs> um, they're thriving. <laughs> they're kind of thriving. It sounds like your bunny's thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy your kitchen's unpacked. That's a big deal. I know. Made some bacon this morning. <laughs> bread, bread coming back. Are you going to do some some bread this weekend or no, not yet? Uh, I just no. saw her eating store-bought bread. <gasps> <laughs> Not Drag to blow me. up your spot, but <laughs> Drag me, Casey. <laughs> I did. I ate some store-bought brioche. But here's the thing. Brioche is a bread that I do not want to make because it takes six egg yolks and so much flour that it's by the much. time you make it yourself, you spend twice as much as if you bought it in the store. So Just I will, buy it at the store. I will I will never make a brioche. <laughs> Can I tell you something? The best dessert I ever had was yeah. a brioche bun with a slice of like chocolate ice cream from a Ooh. from a pint container and then just powdered sugar. It was the best thing I ever had. Yeah. Do you know what Cricket's dessert of choice is? What? A King's Hawaiian roll cut in half with a layer of Nutella in between. Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I like I like a little piece of toast with uh, Nutella and some a- apple slices on it. So that I seems like, like something my mom would have eaten in the 80s. I mean, <laughs> I a little cottage a, cheese and a like lettuce. that it was like that would have been like that's like it's seven points on Weight Watchers. <laughs> and I got a little chocolate tree. I do I um, do have a mom vibe from the 80s for sure. You kind of do. Casey, what are you doing your best at personally this week? We're not talking about world events or whatever, but yet. I didn't really do shit this week. You know, like up. I was just like everybody just like doom scrolling. So many people sent me messages after I cried on the podcast last week because it's out of character for me to cry. So thank you very much to everyone for being so kind to me. So obviously, like rough times continued into this week um, where I'm just trying to like figure out my life. So I do this thing that I call the waltz, which is like a waltz is like one, two, three, one, two, three. Um, So my one, two, three is like I do something that I have to do. Then I do something that I want to do. And then I do something for somebody else. And so I just keep like repeating one, two, three, one, two, three until I feel better or, you know, something until changes. Time it's ends. Chris- until it's Christmas. <laughs> I yeah, got you exactly. a present. I got you a present. <gasps> what? I just, I just found this thing handmade by artisans in Kazakhstan. Wow. Kurz- Kurzakstan. Your purchase empowers women in Kyrgyzstan, reducing reduces global poverty and supports fair trade. Stamped by the Fair Trade Federation. So All right. It is a handmade oh, Prince. It's Prince. Look, he looks ornament. So good. That's so it's cute. Fun. Uh it's I love cute. it. Thank you. He'll well, be the star of my Christmas tree this year. He will be he will be mailed to you. I bought, <laughs> this is not the first Prince ornament I have purchased for Casey. It's and true. And it won't be the last. It's true. Yeah. I feel I, my whole tree will eventually be all Prince because people make them every year and send them. And I feel so lucky to be on everybody's um, list of, you know, who. You should have like a Prince mini, tree. Yeah, I was about to say you should have a <laughs> just mini a Prince tree. Just like a mini purple yes. Prince tree. And it's just yes. for all your um, stuff. I'm into it. Oh my God, it. I love it. I'm do into it. Do it. it. Do it. This year. This year. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was just going to say that I saw online that someone was like, I put my Christmas tree up. And I think that like we, I like a real tree. I have always Me liked too. a real tree. But like, I was like, should I get a small fake one and just put it in here now? Like, 
YOLO. <laughs> but like, yeah. I can re- I can really Are we going to make it? I, I guess like, is the I could really use a Christmas tree. <laughs> you know what? I have um color changing lights that we put mm-hmm. up and we usually put them up at starting at Halloween and then they're yeah. orange and then we'll keep them through Thanksgiving and like maybe transition into like a warm white and then yeah. Christmas is multicolor and then for New Year's they're blue and then for Valentine's they're pink and I guess we could go into like even St. Patrick's Day being green but at that point I feel like you're really pushing it with your neighbors but it really does like you know Mariah Carey loves a festive moment and I can see where she's coming from yeah I love a festive moment I might just get a Christmas tree, y'all. <laughs> I'm, I'm in support of it. Also, um, like, who knows what's going to happen? This might be the last Christmas I enjoy for a minute. <laughs> it, I might have to do it early. I might have to fake it. <laughs> well, guys, um, I'm all for early Christmas, late Christmas, leaving things up year round you know my mom puts those snow babies up starting the second week oh, of october oh, starts yeah, putting them she out has that snow baby she has collection. so many snow babies <laughs> over over 250 i believe is where we're at now wow um i'm gonna miss them what's this the, year i really what's am gonna the miss street them. value of 250 snow babies not a lot casey <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> and you know what i love your mom so much and i bet she's like lovingly thinking like in her mind like one day who she'll pass each snow baby oh. on to well wait you don't know i don't even know if i can bring this up this is like a major fight in our family i didn't talk to my mom for like a month about this, the snow babies yes I think I've heard this story. Yeah. You must have heard this story because Leanne, like we may have talked about it. Your sister Leanne. Yeah. My sister Leanne worked on Busy Tonight as one of our producers. Um, But you may have heard this story while while we were together because it was like a family breakdown of epic proportions. Um, That like one of those things where it was like a small thing that illuminated so many different dynamics and I was like so angry. And it was, of course, not just about snow babies, but sure. um, it's I never just can't about go- snow babies. It's never. Oh my God. Is that? I want that on a t shirt. Oh my God. That's my t shirt. Guys, we've been having these merch conversations. Submit what you really want to see for merch. I want it's never just about snow babies. Is that what you just said? <laughs> it's never just about snow babies. It's never just about snow babies. <laughs> Truly. So anyway, I'm not going to get into the particulars. We'll just, I'll save this whole thing for book two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that will, but, um, but yeah, so snow babies celebrate, celebrate it. If you got it, if in you, if you want to sell, if it makes you feel good, celebrate, have Thanksgiving next weekend, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Live your lives. Don't forget to vote. We still have to show up. Um, you know, we're just all doing that thing. Still, I'm just going to keep saying it and still. But uh, I want to talk about my job. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. Okay. So. Okay. So we know because if you've listened to the podcast, <laughs> hopefully this isn't your first one. <laughs> you know that I had a meltdown. And I was like, I got to go to New York. And I just was like, we have to go to New York. So two weeks ago, ugh, we had ordered the this like mo- the most amazing duck carnitas from this place here. Yes. It's so good. But 
like I'm sure a lot of you, if you have been ordering takeout, if you've been having your food delivered to the house because you're trying to minimize your exposure and going out into public, things don't show up (laughs) that you order. You know what I mean? Like, it's not right. Like I just in the last, I would say the first three months we ordered zero and then we started ordering again. And then I read that thing that Fauci wrote that was like, go ahead and order food. I order whatever. So now I order in food and I'm fine with it. But I would say that like 80% of the time the order is wrong. Shouldn't you? I don't know. I mean, I hear they've been getting right. But I also am ordering like a Jamaican beef patty. And it's like, it's hard to fuck that up. You can't mess it up. You just just put it in 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 the bag. Okay. Well, (laughs) well, I just mean like I've had like once we ordered, you know, from our favorite Mexican place in L.A. And there were no chips with the guacamole. (laughs) And like, then you're like, I have the store-bought chips in my pantry. But what I want are those restaurant deep fried fresh chips. Anyway. So this time... Two weeks ago, we ordered duck carnitas from this incredible place here that we love, and there's no tortillas. And I, like, had just had one of these days with the kids and the stress and the thing and whatever in the world, and I was like, I fucking need tortillas. And Mark has a weird thing that bugs the shit out of me where he doesn't like to call establishments Mm -hmm. or he doesn't like to complain about anything or set appointments or he doesn't like to talk to people yeah. that he doesn't know. So, so I have to do it. And I was like angry about that. And then also the place is like not close to us. So even if we got tortillas, by the time we got them, the duck carnitas would be cold. Yeah. And I don't know. I was just like annoyed at the whole thing, but there is a Mexican place around the corner here. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, get my bag and go get tortillas from that place. And it was a whole thing, but I was just like, I need the tortillas. It would be, it was like an, you know, sometimes you just gotta fucking, you commit and you follow through. (laughs) And he was a little bit like, don't, you know, don't make this the hill you're going to die on or whatever. I'm like, I'm not, I just, I'm, I need the fucking tortillas. So I got got my purse. I was so annoyed. I walked around. And of course, the guy's like, yeah, great. It'll be like 15, 20 minutes for tortilla. I was like, oh, okay. Well, here's the truth, guys. I felt embarrassed when I was just going to order tortillas because it's like a restaurant and restaurants are struggling and the guy seemed so nice. So then I also ordered guacamole and (laughs) I also ordered churros and I also ordered a cheese quesadilla for no reason at all except that I just felt weird ordering just four tortillas. So that's why I had to wait 20 minutes. So I'm standing outside waiting on the curb far away from everyone. And I like just was looking through my phone scrolling as one does. And I've been trying to avoid the social meds of late because it's just, you know, such a dumpster fire. And I was looking through my texts because I've been really bad at communication with people recently and I haven't been responding to things. And I'm like, what, who should I respond to? And I had this text from Tina Fey from that morning that was like, hey, give me a call when you get a chance. I have a weird work question for you. And I had said, oh, try me at this time. And she had, but we had been recording our podcast. So I didn't pick up. And then she texted me again, like, just call me tonight if you get this, like, earlier in the day. And I hadn't called her. It was, like, 8.30 at night. And she and I are, like, the kind of friends that I wouldn't just, like, call her without first texting. Yeah. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Like some, and 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 also because she was like essentially our boss, and like I respect her deeply, and like uh, you know all of those things. But I was just standing there in the corner, waiting my twenty minutes, annoyed about the duck carnitas tortilla situation and Mark's refusal to call places. <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just call her." So I call her. And she picks up immediately and she's like, oh, I'm so glad you called. I was like, oh, is it too late? I'm sorry. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. Listen, so I have, we have this TV show. I, I don't know if you know about it, but uh, you know, there was this part and we always like thought of you for it. We always like wanted you to do it. But because this was like, you know, six months ago, five months ago, we're putting this, to, like starting to write the show and stuff. And it's like COVID and you have two kids and they're in school in LA. I wasn't like going to ask you to move to New York. I wasn't even going to ask you to like entertain the idea because I know you, and also Eric says you're retired from acting. I know you don't want to act, but it's just kind of perfect for you. And I don't know. I was just thinking about it. Like you're here. Do you want to just stay and do this show? And I was sort of like, this is the first time this is literally in my 22 year career as an actor that this call has ever fucking happened. (laughs) And I swear to God, I was like, what, what's happening? What are you, what are you asking me? What is it? What's happening? And she's like, let me just send it to you. You can read it. You just read it. Just take a look and see if it's something you're interested in. And I was like, what, what's, what are you you, like? I wouldn't have to do anything. You would just, (laughs) I could just have, you would just, I could just do it. Offer only, just, baby. Offer only. She's like, <laughs> she's like, just look at it. Just look at it. Like, just see if you want to, just see if you want to do it. Just see if you're, you're interested. And, and I was like, well, what's the premise? And she's like, oh, um, so it's, so we already have Sarah Bareilles and, um, and Renee Elise Goldsberry, you know, from Hamilton. I was like, yeah, of course I know. <laughs> and then she, and then she's like, okay. So, um, the premise is it's, a like a nineties girl group, um, who essentially like tries to stage a comeback in their forties. And I'm like, am I baby spice? Tina, <laughs> Tina, am I baby spice? And she's like, yeah, you're essentially, yes, you're essentially like the baby spice of the thing. But anyway, I'll send it to you. I'll email it to you. You read it. Do we just let me know tonight because they are casting it in LA tomorrow. They're doing like the studio and network and stuff. So I do want to just like know if this is something I was like, Uh uh-huh yeah sure just email me okay I hang up and I was sitting there and I on the curb and I started like kind of like hyperventilating like my dream in life is to be in a 90s girl group (laughs) and and like and not just not to I mean it's my dream in life is to be Baby Spice and I went to the concert in 1998 dressed (laughs) as Baby Spice and I was like what's what's happening? What am I doing? What's happened? What just happened? What just happened? And the guy's like, your tortillas are ready. (laughs) I got it. I walked home. I opened the door. Mark's like, you got the tortillas. I was like, yes. And it's a whole ordeal. And Tina Fey just offered me a job on what I'm just like, "Ah!" and I passed out basically onto the ground. And then Mark was like, well, what did you say to her? I said, well, she said she was going to email me the script. And he's like, do you need to read it? And I was like, no, I want to just do it. And he's like, well, fucking call her back, busy. And so I called her back and I was like, Tina, so here's the thing. I don't need to read it. I just want to do it. I'm in. I'd like to do it. Please. Thank you so much. And she's like, okay, great. We'll get into it. And I was like, that's it. That's all. Okay. All right. I'm doing it. Okay, great. That's it. And so that's the show girls five ever. I'm excited for that show. (laughs) Um, And we've done table reads on four of the episodes and we've done some, we've heard some demos, musical demos for our songs. (laughs) Look at the universe being cool as hell. Yes, I know. It was really exciting. So yesterday we had our 
Zoom table reads, but you know, the internet in this house is terrible, especially when the girls are doing school. Um, You're going to so have to actually, get it hard- hardwired. We're going to get you a <laughs> dongle for that. <laughs> I'm moving. I'm moving now. Yes. Well, either this way, we'll, s- we'll still get you a dongle for that. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving to a new place this weekend. Hopefully that Cricket will sleep in her own bed. <sighs> and um, everybody is excited about the new place, but and it'll have good um, internet. But so because the first table read Zoom that we did for the network and everything, um, my internet kicked me off twice, mm-hmm. which is Yikes. awkward. Not a great impression. <laughs> uh, I went into the little stranger offices yesterday and did the Zoom from Tina's office, which she's not using. She's working from home. But um, anyway, so I went in and I did the Zoom from her office and it was it was really great. And it's like all the their offices are like all the way up, like almost to Central Park. Yeah. And after... The um, table read was over. I was like, you know what? It's so beautiful. I'm feeling so good about things. I think I'm going to walk. Don't. <laughs> All the way downtown to Don't. my house. Don't do that. <laughs> because the <laughs> New York block is three times as big as everyone else's blocks. <laughs> it's like anytime you decide to walk somewhere, there's like 18 streets in between. <laughs> well, Shantira, yes. You bring up a really good point. And I am definitely a West Coast bitch. And, uh, and, but I was just like, I also was very curious to see what Times Square was like mm-hmm. post pandemic. Right yeah. So I, I wanted to like walk through that and see and like just sort of experience the city. And, um, and I thought, well, I'm not, you know, wearing heels. It'll be fine. Oh, and then also because we're moving into this new place, which is like, partially furnished Mm -hmm. but I want to get some things like pillows yeah (laughs) like stuff that's like you know and I thought oh well I can stop at that at ABC carpet and home which I've never been in I've only eaten at the restaurants they sell home goods and food it's like Ikea the famous carpet restaurant it's the (laughs) famous carpet (laughs) there's two well they have like three restaurants now they have ABC kitchen ABC Cucina, which is like the Mexican place, which is delicious. And yeah. then they have a vegan restaurant next door. Oh, I've only ABC. ever been, it's a very fancy store for people that don't know ABC Carpet and Home. I've only ever been there for the Santa. Oh, they nice. have a Santa? super deluxe Santa at holiday time. <laughs> Probably not this year, but it's like a legit Santa. Oh, well, let me tell you something, Casey. I had never been into the home goods part of it. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, it's kind of like anthropology, except 17 times more expensive. Yes. And why am I buying this throw pillow here for $4,000 when I can buy it at anthropology for 40? <laughs> yeah. That was my, and yeah. listen, no shade to ABC, but all shade to ABC because <laughs> like, what? It's just too expensive. It's but for I, like, certain people who are not. Us. But also just Maybe. but also just buy an anthropology. Like <laughs> it just looks or exactly wait the same. And get the um, messed up seam one from Marshalls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I was even, gonna say anthropology is <laughs> too rich for my blood. I'll I'll be definitely buying the knockoff from 
I love I love Marshalls. Where's the knockoff from? Target. I don't, like a Target. Like Target. Some man selling it on the street off a oh, yeah, it's folding New York. table. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I have to say, I've really been trying to be um, cognizant and aware. You know this. We've talked about it. Aware of like where things are made and how yeah. they're made, and like I don't want to add to garbage in the universe. You yeah. know, so mm-hmm. I do think that sometimes, like. I will forego like a less expensive option when I, if I feel like I really like it's not made in a good way or I'm concerned about the practices of the company or whatever. I'm trying to stay away from fast fashion. You know, I've loved it in the past, but I understand its impact on the environment and also on humans. And I'm trying to, but it's also, it sucks because not everyone can afford to not, do fast, fast fashion, fashion. Right. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, and it's yeah. like, it's it's a it's like between a hard a, a rock and a hard place because it's like uh, you have to do what you're able to do, and I think that right. that is the thing. It's like people who buy fast fashion aren't like, well, I only do this because fuck Earth. You know right. what I mean? Right. And then, like, when you start to drill down, you know, like, I'm thinking of, like, you know, I love to read the comments on Instagram posts. I love to comment on Instagram clothing ads where I always say, like, oh, I would buy so many of these clothes if they were size inclusive, but you're leaving cash on the table because they only go up to large or whatever. Right. Um, Which isn't true. I wouldn't buy any of those clothes because I shouldn't be spending money on clothes right now. But I like to, like, make the point. The point stands (laughs) that if I had money, I would buy those clothes if they were size inclusive. But a lot of times people will comment like this is fast fashion or like this isn't ethically made and then someone will be like fuck you bitch you're commenting on a phone that a child made in China you know so it's like it there's just layers it's telescoping there are so many layers but I also refuse to believe that the $8,000 cushions from ABC are that much better no absolutely more sustainably made than the ones at anthropology anyway that's not the point the point is as I was walking around um I noticed that my heels and my boots really hurt, like really hurt. Like we're starting to really hurt. And at this point I had walked 30 blocks or 40 blocks, I Which think. Which is 18 miles everywhere <laughs> else in the lot. country. It's two I miles. I walked like, yeah, I think I had walked two miles at this point. And um, I was like, oh, my heels really hurt. So then I like hobbled out of ABC and I was like, oh, no, this is like getting bad. I can't, I don't want to call an Uber. <laughs> I'm probably like a mile from home still. Like, what am I going to do? My heels are like, I wonder if they're like pooling blood in my shoes. So I kind of like walk another block, but that is the block that does me in. Yeah. And by the time I walk that block, I get to a point where I'm like walking so weird <laughs> on the street, but I'm also trying to like play it off. Like it's like, I'm just sauntering down <laughs> Broadway, like a crazy person. And there's a J crew and I'm like, my savior J crew will have some sneaks. Yeah. Exactly, Shantira. Thank you. And so I hobble, in, literally hobble into J. Crew, and there is just New Balance as far as the eye can see. They love New now, Balance. Apparently New Balance, though, we got some issues, right? Because the guy supports Trump. But at this point, I'm like, the fucking blister. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. See? I need to get out of these boots. And I 
like ask the girl because it's mostly clothing. I'm like, is this the shoe? These are all the shoes. And she's like, well, actually, the shoes are upstairs. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> like one tiny tear rolling down <laughs> my cheek. I'm like, OK, so I slowly make my way up the stairs <laughs> and I get up there. I see the shoes. I'm like, thank God. They're just right at the top of the stairs. I don't have to walk any further. I like grab the first new balance I see and just like turn around trying not to move. And this woman who works there and I make eye contact and she's like, I'll be right there. I was like, okay, great. Thank you so much. I was like, I'm a nine and a half. <laughs> she's like, okay, I'll be right back. And I'm looking around and, you know, it's still COVID and I'm wearing a mask and I'm using hand sanitizer, but I'm like, is it safe to sit? I have to fucking sit down. I'm so, I'm in so, my heels are in so much pain. Also, I'm like terrified of what's going to happen when I take (laughs) Take my shoe shoe off off. because I am afraid that it's like going to be bloody. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that last block was the block that did it. So I decide I'm going to take my chances. I sit down. And um, she comes out and she's like, I'm so sorry. We don't have those in a nine and a half, but we have these ones in a nine and a half. I was like, they're great. I'll take them. Thank you so much. <laughs> Whatever. So she, so she hands them to me and she's kind of like standing there. And I was like, oh, thank you. I, okay. I mean, I'm just, I have to tell you, I'm sorry. So I tell her the whole thing and I'm like, and I take my shoe off and they were black boots and I was wearing white socks and like, cause my feet were so like hot and sweaty and Casey, I'm so sorry. This is a foot story. (laughs) The like dye from the black boots is like made the socks look really dirty. Like it's so (laughs) gross and weird. And then I like peel my sock off the back of my heel and like, oh, and half of my heel like goes with the sock. And then I'm like, I think I'm going to buy new socks too. And she's like, okay, great. And I was like, I'm sorry. It's just been such a day. And she's like, okay, I never do this. Can I just tell you something? I um, am a huge fan. And I, but, but more than that, I like love the podcast. I have listened Aww. to it. I listen to it religiously. I'm in a group chat. I love it so much. I'm like, you're in a group chat? Yay. She's like, yes. And I was like, oh my God, I love you. And then, and I'm like, Truly, like, I'm, like, pouring sweat, even though it's cold out. I have, like, bloody ankle, like, bloody heels, dirty socks, these boots that are, like, I'm never putting on my feet again. And I'm, you know, disrobing on the floor of her establishment. And I was, like, I feel like this is the most me you could ever (laughs) meet me. And she's, like, this is really incredible. This is exactly what I ever thought you would be like <laughs> so I was you like well you're my dreams savior. come true <laughs> I really Paige from J Crew <laughs> she's adorable we took a picture Aww. I thought this week I've I've dropped the ball on the um visual learners because I feel like all we've talked about is depressing ass politics shit yeah and it's like what well, I don't want to post any of those pictures yeah but this week we have Shantira's new apartment we have Casey and her Prince ornament. <laughs> prince ornament. We have Casey's coming. prince. We have Casey's prince um, tree that she's gonna put up. <laughs> you gotta put it up. You gotta put it up. We have my mom's snow babies. We have my blistered heels. So many things. Me and Paige. I my love new, that. New balances. And it really made me feel nice. And she really likes her group chat. And she. It made me feel like this was good. Doing this podcast was a good thing. I love that. And, yeah. I love and it. the universe. That's, it's like you found a human penny. 
<laughs> a human penny. Oh my god! I. Oh my god! Should would that be a T-shirt? I am a human penny. <laughs> Very abstract. I love that it. Uh, that's so nice. That makes me really happy. It um, was so nice. You would have loved her. Ah. Is well, J. Crew size inclusive? It is. I was just going to say, I love J. Crew because they're size inclusive. So they make a mean blazer, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got the good really, stuff. They had really cute stuff in there. Also, Busy, I want to tell you, you might not know this, but um, I know this from when I moved to New York City to work for our guest today. Um, your feet grow in New York City. What? I brought all my Doc Martens from like my teen years to New York City with me um, to be like a cool badass. And I had to buy all new shoes. Um, I can't, Casey, I can't afford my feet growing. They're already basically a size 10 and I lie and say it's a nine and a half. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I wore a size eight shoe when I moved to New York and size 10 by the time I moved. But you had two children. No, this is before children. Size 10. No. Oh, no. Well, my I feet really... are big. I wear a size 11. <laughs> I lived in New York for two years almost. And I think that once I got to 11, my body tapped out. But you still, <laughs> you still got time to go, busy. I'm probably, I, I guess I'll be an 11 by the time this show is over. <laughs> you can get like um, some kinky boots. They come up to size 13, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Paris Hilton must have a shoe line that goes up that high. Well, does she still have a shoe line? I don't know if she does, but know. Paris Hilton, uh, this is just like a weird thing that I appreciate her for. When she got really famous, Paris Hilton is a size 11, which is a very large size for women usually. Most fun shoes stop at 10. And when she was like at her height of fame, she was on TV and she was like, yeah, I wear a size 11 and no one makes shoes for me. Everyone sucks. And everybody started making shoes that went up to an 11 after she like complained about it. Truly. Well, thank you, Paris Hilton. So shout out to Paris Hilton for that one thing for me. That's her. Yeah, her contribution. That, truly. Because I used to have to like be little and everything would be like a weird grandma flat when you're like in seventh grade. And then yes. she got famous and they started making like cool like sneakers for us and nice little flats and stuff. So yeah, shout out to Paris for making, it sounds funny, size inclusive shoes. And also, <laughs> and also for Stars Are Blind. Oh, yes. that's a bop. I mean, because it's a bop. It's still <laughs> a genuine bop. It's yeah. a genuine bop. Yeah. Um, well, before we get to our guest, I was going to say our huge guest, but like that's—I don't even—he's <laughs> not, he's not small. He's a tall person. His he's beard huge. Is huge. He's, he's cultural. Culturally, he's huge. Culturally, he's <laughs> huge. He's yeah. culturally he's tall. So maybe he's huge. Our huge yeah. guest. Um, with with whom we had a very interesting conversation that went <laughs> lots of different places. But before we get to our guest, David Letterman, do you guys want it? Do we even, how do we, what do we, how are we, what do we do? This is what I want to, this is truly what I want to say. Shantara, every, everybody is always, we're all reading the same complete nonsense constantly. Uh, I got uh, the message, if you have an iPhone, on every Sunday, you get a report in the morning about your usage for your phone. And my report is pretty out of control. And I just want everybody to know that 
it's okay if the report you got says that you are on your phone <laughs> seven hours more than usual. Because every time I open my phone, somebody else had it. Something new happened. And I was completely in shock and awe. So I just want to shout out to all my people whose uh, <laughs> screen usage doubled, tripled, quadrupled. That week don't count. Don't worry about it. It's an outlier in the correlation. Please and it's also it's, it's okay. also okay to put it down. It's yeah. okay to put it down and walk away from it. Like I think people are like, I have to stay engaged and I have to stay involved. Like, listen, we can only take so much engagement. But I have had to close my phone and walk away a few times because, like, I'm I'm the kind of person that gets testy with like I can't survive without my GPS. I have a terrible sense of direction. But once Same. I get to my neighborhood and it tells me like turn onto my street, I'm like, I know. I know, you know, like I get very bitchy being told things that I already know because I find it insulting, even though it's just a computer. So like everybody's saying like, ignore the polls. We still have to vote. Have you checked your registration? I'm like, yes, I know. I've done all this. And I find myself getting really testy with having those messages like reiterated to me. But they're important messages just because I don't need to hear them doesn't mean that they're not important messages. So what I've been realizing is I really need to like shut it down and walk away. So those I think two that, ends of the spectrum. Busy, where are you? <laughs> um, I'm closer to Casey, TBH. I'm finding more and more that it's not particularly healthy for me to continually know every detail of this dumpster fire that is unfolding. I feel really sad for so many people who are like the unwitting victims of this stupidity the and whole white house staff all i think about is those yes. uh, those uh lifelong like butlers yes like yes that's Chandra. who i think about yeah. I, I, the secret service men yeah. that had to go into the, trump's car with him while he like drove around. around the neighborhood and then everybody going crazy for 15 year old claudia conway like i mean you that know. in and of itself is so problematic she's Guys, a child like, she's also a child like, she's and, a child who's screaming that she does not want to live with her parents and people are like yes queen and it's like wait no like all you should be doing is <laughs> filling out like foster parent yeah, help applications her. How do we help to help her. her. <laughs> I, I mean, I think, I don't know. And people are like, the Conways are going to get a reality TV deal. And I'm just like, well, that'll be the day that is a bad day for me. <laughs> but that's but that's the thing, right? You know, when you turn everything into a fucking reality show and hi, guilty, here I am, here we are. Like, but you're not trying what, to alter reality. That's the difference. I don't know. I feel super sad for uh, Claudia Conway. She reminds me of Birdie. I feel like Birdie would do that. Oh, yeah. Birdie would 100 You'll see in three years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so interesting, too, because I think about, like, the fucking Hunger Games, and everyone's like, we need a dystopian teen to save us. And it's like, that's only fun in a movie. In a movie. I don't want a dystopian teen to save us. I want... The representatives that are adults that my taxes pay their salary to save us. I don't want a 15-year-old who got COVID from her disappointing mother (laughs) to (laughs) save my democracy. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> it's rough. I, I just feel like all of this stuff is ongoing. It will be ongoing. Um, you can catch up on it when you can, but it's okay to walk away. Remember the to. thing we did on Busy Tonight where it was like that we put like strips of paper in different <laughs> jars and then we just like... Okay, because we had to film a show that was like three weeks ahead of time, right? Yeah, and so we didn't know what was going to have happened in the world. And we thought that that was the wildest times back then. Oh my gosh. Right. Uh, and so the the joke, the bit was, I pulled a strip of paper from one jar and it was like, Kellyanne Conway's daughter. And then the next jar is like, takes to TikTok to bring down an administration. <laughs> And it's like, oh, ha ha, so, so funny. Um, it feels like you're, we're just literally reaching into jars and pulling out two pieces oh, yeah. of paper that make no sense. I was going to say the takeaway is uh, the person controlling the simulation that we're living in was obviously a huge Busy Tonight fan. <laughs> and that is how they're running the game right now. Well, I'm not going to lie, but in this simulation... I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad for you. Well, so are you, Casey. So are you. You are too. Don't get so down on yourself. I We're you I'm are not down too. on myself. I'm not down on myself. I'm just, it's a really, really difficult time. And I just, I, my heart goes out to everyone who's just trying to deal with it in like a humane way and make sense of it, you know? Yeah, being like, it's, it's really hard to, to make sense of it because I, I, I say this all the time, but it's like, you know, like if you're um, in public and someone's doing something wild and you make eye contact with a stranger and you're like, hey, stranger, we're not friends, but we both agree that's wild. And you have that conversation <laughs> right. with your eyes. I feel like I'm constantly alone in my house just being like, I wish there was somebody here I could look at and be like, <laughs> That's not right, right? <laughs> right? I'm, I wish I was, I never wanted to be on a New York subway more than to look across the aisle and be like, we just gonna, we gonna get off the train together at the next stop. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, and so like, what are we left with? You know, like I'm just like tweeting or whatever and I'm tweeting like jokes. They're very funny if I do say so myself, <laughs> but they're not productive, you know? And like, and then I'm just like, you know, how many retweets and likes do I need on something that is just like something everybody knows? And I need a million. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys by any chance see the rabbi's sermon from Temple Ikar in Los Angeles. Mm -mm. She's like very inspiring and incredible. But her um, sermon for Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Emily, Bibi, and I have a joke that I always call it Yom Kippur. <laughs> um, but Yom Kippur, her sermon from Yom Kippur is on Instagram. It's about, and it's just beautiful. And I, the first time I watched it, like sobbed in the bath watching it but it's about how what we are missing collectively is mourning and grief mm -hmm. and and like and that is the thing that's preventing us from moving forward and we aren't going to be able to move forward until we all stop and just acknowledge and have the thing where you look at the person and you like share the thing with your eyes because we've all been so transformed in the last six months. None of us are ever going to be the same. Our Absolutely children not. will never be the same. And we have not been allowed space and no one has made room 
for any sort of like collective public mourning. Yeah. And it's really powerful. And I feel like that's, Casey, to me, some of like the grief that I feel from you is that. Like, I oh, feel for like, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, th- this should have been like a huge year for my family. My son missed prom and graduation, and he's missing his freshman year of college, like a really exciting time. And my older son's missing his senior year of college, and we're apart. And yeah, I definitely and feel like. And you and I were supposed to, like, yeah, we were supposed to do, you know, have yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. And, and it, I was you, supposed to go to Paris. <laughs> yeah, you know, and all, all, so all of these things. And I definitely feel like the, um, not being able to mourn something makes you stuck. You know, it, it does really just, yeah, it just sticks you in amber to that place where you are. Um, oh, my gosh, that's such a good um, analogy. I just saw a thing where like a gecko was in amber for like a thousand years and I was like, it me? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I've been having this conversation with a lot of people this week about like a lot of people are like, why am I hitting a wall and melting down all of a sudden? And I've said to a couple of friends, I think like a lot of people had meltdowns earlier on. I don't know why some people lasted this long, but I I really felt like this week, a lot of people just kind of like a lot of people that were tough and stoic lost the thread. I've been really solid, but this last full disclosure, Trump's last video where he said that he might be immune to COVID now. I mean, I literally like, I, I like screamed in a pillow. <laughs> Throw back to busy tonight. I just like got a pillow and just straight up screamed in it because that is impossible it's just like one of those things where my brain truly shut down and I like screamed in a pillow and then ate a piece of chocolate and then (laughs) I just have to like wait I can't mourn because it's not over I think that is what is we mourn Mm. like when people pass you have a funeral and even now you can't (laughs) a lot of people can't but like you mourn when you're like it is finished but it's not fucking over yet. And that is why we're not, (laughs) we haven't gotten to the end. And I, I think we're all very tense too, because like that, you know, the holidays are coming and Thanksgiving's coming and, and Hanukkah, Christmas, everything, Kwanzaa. And I think people are like tense, almost bracing for like a car crash and not admitting the reality of the fact that like this time when we usually used to like come together and celebrate is gonna pass by in a way that we've never seen. You know, we're talking about put up a Christmas tree and it'll be festive, but nobody's talking about like the real things that will be missing. And by the way, you know, it's also making me think of people who in the years past have been like, this has always been missing for me. I've always mm-hmm. been alone during this time. That's cheery. Yeah. Well, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I was on the fence about whether or not we talk about the week's events. And I feel like uh, we no, did. I think it's good. <laughs> I think, I think that we good. also, we touched it because um, it happened. <laughs> Everybody in the whole fucking world saw it happen. Yeah. And we don't yeah. have to go into detail about everything, but like we Everybody see you, knows. we hear you, we're on the same train together and we're looking at each other. And yes, it's fucking wild. I will say that Patty Lapone tweet this morning that did <laughs> send me. I do love Patty Lapone, and I'm wondering why we haven't booked her yet on the pod. <laughs> um, do you know her? <laughs> her well, 
Yes. No, I don't. <laughs> but her son followed me on Instagram. I had some interaction with Patty Lapone via social media a okay. couple years ago. Listen, work so, it. It's up to you. Via via her son. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm gonna try I'm I need to figure this out because talk about some pivots. Patty Lapone. And she gives it. She's like one of the best interviews in the biz. So I I'm would, obsessed with her. I would definitely um, be down for talking to Ms. PLP. <laughs> also, when are we going to get your friend Bet up in here? Oh, my God. I'll, Bette Midler? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I hang out with all the kids. <laughs> I She knows there is a podcast. She does. (laughs) Yeah, of course. She knows everything that I do. Um, She's like, she's the nicest. She's like the next best thing to an aunt to me. Like you got, she's like one of my group chats. No joke. (laughs) I love that. It's very nice. Um, And it's an honor. I've always been a huge fan. I got to, I took my mom to see one of her um, concerts. I mean, it must be like 15 years ago now at this point, but like through a series of you know, universe intervening events, we ended up in the front row. Uh, I had like purchased really terrible tickets to the stadium in Arizona or whatever, like just like what I could get on the online or I don't even remember. And then we got there. I was like, let's just go up to the box office and just see if we can upgrade our ticket from the nosebleed section or whatever. And the guy was like, yeah, actually they just released like all these tickets down front that somebody had been holding on to or whatever. And we got literally for front row t- tickets. It was that like the night awesome. of my mom and my life. Amazing. That's Leanne awesome. may have been there too. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was definitely my mom and my, the highlight of our lives. Well, speaking uh, okay. of legends. Yes. This is, this is a perfect segue. Casey only knows legends. <laughs> All of the guests that Casey's booking are like, the like people like people are like how the fuck did you get Rosie O'Donnell on your (laughs) podcast and I'm like uh Casey say not and people are gonna be I'm telling you right now people are gonna be like how the fuck did Busy Phillips get David Letterman (laughs) on her podcast and guys look no further than his one-time assistant (laughs) many 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 moons ago when she was just a wee tyke she called herself feral, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> was plucked from obscurity into more obscurity. <laughs> David Letterman's assistant. And she will never tell the tales that we want her to because she's, she was a good, she's a good person. Not like me. <laughs> um, so guys, we talked to David Letterman. It was a real trip. I hope you enjoy it. Guys, during the um, shutdown... Everybody stay at home orders. There's a lot of like never wearing a bra again talk. And that's cute for you if you can do that. But I can't. Um, I need a bra. I just don't want it to be very uncomfortable. Um, I want to be able to wear it all day and feel good. I will occasionally not wear a bra. But I, I just need a little bit more support and comfort. And also something that like looks good under my dresses because, you know, I love to put on my fancy dresses even when we're stuck at home. Well, I had the opportunity to work with Warners um, and Olga by Warners. They're always very comfortable. But more than that, I just um, genuinely have bought them since I was in college because I feel like they were reasonably priced and at a 
store that I liked to go to a lot, which I won't mention because this is an ad, but they're available lots of different places. So um, my favorite bra is the No Side Effects. I am wearing one right now, actually. And um, it's just super comfortable. I like it. It's got a lot of support. And with Warners, you can have it all. It's real life. It's real comfort. It's real bras. If you haven't tried Warners and Olga by Warners, I mean, I can't imagine why not. But say, this is it. Say goodbye to your problems. Uh, problems? <laughs> problems? Anyway, and say hello to Warners and Olga by Warners. And you can visit warners.com and find real comfort today. You know what it's time to do. It is time to get busy with it. <laughs> we look forward to talking about Busy Hard Seltzer here on Busy Phillips is doing her best because number one, busy rhymes with busy. And number two, getting busy with it just makes us all happy. So fun. I love it. It's so fun. It's time to get busy. Uh, listen, a lot of what we talk about when we talk about Vizzy is that sometimes in life you have to make a difficult choice because all of the options that you're presented with are too similar. And sometimes having something a little extra makes your choice easier. Well, guess what? Vizzy stands out because it's extra something that the other hard seltzer seltzers don't have. I was going to say the other hard seltzer girls. And then I was like, I don't know. Do we know that they're girls? We don't. You, I think, do you guys gender, do you guys give gender to inanimate objects like hard seltzer? I always say all good things are girls. And then if they're good boys, they're B.O.I.s. <laughs> Ooh, good boys. Okay. I call everything girls as well. I call it's everything so girls. Rude, but everything, I just... everything, I think everything that's nice that we want to have are girls. Therefore, ergo, Vizzy's a girl. <laughs> yeah. So like Vizzy, it. she stands out by having something all the other hard seltzers don't antioxidant vitamin C. I Which mean, we all need. We love a vitamin C moment. Truly do. And I will take vitamin C however I'm going to get it. Also, yeah. I will definitely take it with some alcohol and a hard seltzer. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's be I, honest, we're having a little alcohol anyway. Right. Yeah, true. So no matter what. May as well get some vitamin C while we're at it. Uh, my favorite I've said it before. I'll say it again. Is the blueberry pomegranate? I also am a fan of black cherry lime. I'm a pineapple mango gal. Pineapple you guys mango like, too. You guys Shantira like all day. Poor strawberry kiwi. Can't get any love up in here. But <laughs> maybe, maybe strawberry kiwi is your favorite. Let us know. I feel like st strawberry kiwi is what I would drop an extra shot in. But pineapple mango wow. is good for me by itself. Wow. I love the the acerola cherry. The super fruit with 30 times more vitamin C per cup than an orange is where they get the vitamin C from. That is Ooh, such a flex acerola to be like, <laughs> oh, by the way, oranges. <laughs> I know you're famous for vitamin C, but step back. Step back. Take a step back, oranges. I'm acerola. <laughs> it sounds like areola. And I'm here for my girl, Vizzy. Yeah. Um, all right. With Vizzy. You and you know you know the deal. You enjoy refreshment and vitamin C, guys. Let's do it. Upgrade your heart seltzer with Vizzy. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com. That's V I Z Z Y HardSeltzer.com. You got to be twenty one and older to drink it, guys. 
Brooklyn. Hello. Hi, Dave. Hi, who's there? Wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute. I want to be on. Okay. Hi, there you are. Hi, Mary. Hi. Who who am I looking at? I I recognize you. Do I know you? I'm Casey. Hi, I'm Shantira. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Yes, hello. Shantira. Oh, yeah, you have your names right there. (laughs) Is my name up there? It is. It says Dave. That's me. That's you. We know who you are. And I'm busy, Phillips. Hi. Hi. Oh, this is exciting. Where, where, uh, geographically, where are all of us? <laughs> you're I'm in New, New York. York. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, is, you're in New York, Dave? Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm in New York. I'm in uh, Los Angeles. And Los I'm, in Lo- I'm in Los Angeles as well. What part of Los Angeles? I'm in North Hollywood, but... Oh, I used can- to live in North Hollywood. Yeah, same. Uh, what, what, where, where in North Hollywood do you live? Um, where is this? <laughs> I don't have a car, so I like never really know where anything is. But Busy knows where I live. What it's is like, it, Busy? It's like Tahunga and yes, uh, right. I live off of Tahunga and this street that is Morrison that runs the whole length of the city. <laughs> I also live in North Hollywood. All right, we'll get to you in a minute, Shintera. <laughs> uh, Wait, are you? Or is this it? You're just going to interview us. I love that. How, how it don't works. seem to know where you are. <laughs> yeah. Wink if you're okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Because most people know where they are. I'm, a, I'm in North Hollywood and that's it. That's all I yeah. know. And don't bother getting a car either. I'm not. I don't have, I haven't had one for two years. Yeah. So. Well, I'm sure you can. I mean, the nice thing about L.A., I find everything really pretty much within walking distance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I, I've yeah. nailed it. And Casey, where are you? Um, I live off of Coldwater. So I live right behind Coldwater Elementary School, which is not a school mm-hmm. right now. So you have a better idea of where you are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm still terrible with directions. <laughs> you know what I what I found when I lived in Los Angeles? It was... Uh, first of all, in those days, the freeway system was delightful because there wasn't 40 million cars on the road. And you always kind of knew east and west. And if you knew east and west, you knew north and south. Correct. And there right. you go. Yeah. I and always busy, have, yeah. Busy, you're in uh, New York, Manhattan? I'm in New York. Yeah, I'm in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I live in, have lived in L.A. for over 20 years, I moved out there for college and then started working as an actor and have a house and all that. And then um, I kind of just, I had to get out. And so now I'm in New York. When you said you had to get out of LA, what does that mean? It's a long story, Dave, but a change of scenery is always good for, for okay. a person. Okay. I'm sorry. You, you brought it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did. I did. But wait, when did you live in North Hollywood? Uh, I moved in 1975. Uh, I was, was my first residence in LA. It was 1975 at uh, um, uh, right off Lancashire and Miranda. Lancashire and Miranda. I lived near the, uh, the Nudies, the, the uh, country western store, legendary country western uh, store. Yes. And, uh, I've taken my girls there when they were horseback riding for a minute and a half to yeah, get all yeah. outfitted. And then, of course, they gave that up and we had all the gear, so that was fun. <laughs> how, how many girls do you have? I have two. I have a twelve-year-old and a seven-year-old. Oh, cool! That's that's yeah. great. Yeah, uh, they are great. Any trouble with the twelve-year-old? 
She's no, she's, I mean, it's only trouble, um, <laughs> but she's pretty phenomenal and, and like a very special person, but she's a lot of, it's a lot of work, you know? And, and how, how was the move to New York for her? Well, we're in, you know, they're not going to school right now in Los Angeles. So what we're doing is they're doing remote learning, which is terrible. And, um, and so they're continuing their LA remote learning here. So they actually like it better because they start at noon instead of at, you know, eight or nine. I I keep forgetting about the pandemic. I'm sorry. (laughs) Casey, what about your kids? Oh, they're great. Eli is 21 and he's... Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. He's living in Connecticut. Uh, what did he do? He is a college student, also distance learning. And, where, does, uh, where does he go? He goes to Southern Connecticut State University, but he'll just say New Haven if you ask him and let you make your own conclusion. So we're supposed to think it's Yale? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then my younger son, Lincoln, is 18, and he's here with us in Los Angeles, and he just mm-hmm. graduated from Eagle Rock High School, and he's going to Cal State LA this semester, Good. but also from his bedroom. Yeah, yeah. And what does Eli want to do when he finishes up at New Haven? <laughs> they both are really into politics. So I think they ah, both good. like to yeah. be political consultants and work on policy and, and getting great people elected. Cool. And they're both really active in that now. So, And Shintara, do you have kids? Oh, no. I absolutely 100% want zero children. <laughs> I, want to, I want to be a fun black aunt. I want to like come around for Christmas and Thanksgiving, give the kids like a hundred dollars and then leave. (laughs) That's my dream. That's why I got into the business, just to make money to give to other people's kids so they could be like, oh my gosh. I like the munificence of that. Good. I'm just trying to be fun. Come around for the holidays, drink a cocktail, give Mm -hmm. you $20, tell them that they're my favorite and leave. What, What is your favorite cocktail? Uh, I'm actually, I'm very into bourbon. I like a, a bourbon neat. Yeah, there you go. I, you know what I dislike, and I don't drink, but I dislike uh, somebody who says bourbon and, and then like butterscotch syrup or something. And like, what? I'm no. sorry, what? And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I just, I just got a, a sipping tequila that I really like neat as well. Yeah, I like the neat part here. This yeah, is I really like neat. Uh, no, I actually met this guy. I don't know oh, where, wow. Dave. Uh, at, I met this guy at a charity event, and um, I, I, I was drinking the sipping tequila, and I was like, wow, this is something, the, the best tequila I've ever had. And he was like, you like that? I was like, yeah. And he was like, I make that tequila. And then he just like sent something to my house. And I was like, nice. okay. Nice. Oh. <laughs> Living the dream. Yes. Dave, yes, Dave what was the last thing that got sent to your house? Uh, yesterday I received a dozen pizzas. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> they From where? From Jimmy Kimmel. Because you helped with the Emmy broadcast. Yeah, you did a, the Emmy. Um, I saw you. No, my no, friend- no, it's just a, it's like a Meals on Wheels thing. He periodically <laughs> sends out food to people who haven't worked. <laughs> were they from Pizzeria Bianco? Uh, yes, they yeah. were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it well. I grew up in Arizona, and uh, Pizzeria Bianco was the place that I would go in high school. We were like 17, and they would give us wine. It was the 90s, Dave. You remember the 90s. Anything goes. And where, where, we loved it. Where in, 
Where in Arizona? I grew up in Scottsdale. I was born in Chicago. I grew up in Scottsdale. My, my parents are like your biggest fans. We only watched you growing up. I would pretend that I was Terry Garr. Ah. Um, it was my dream was to be Terry Garr uh, in all the ways. But, um, but especially when she was on your show. And Terry Garr uh, was, was tremendous. Just tr- a tremendous actress and a lovely person. And uh, uh, she, she really uh, helped us become established because she, she was well-regarded. And just by virtue of her being on our show, that, that helped us greatly. Well, and you guys had such an amazing chemistry together. You were always, you played off of each other so incredibly well. Well, she, she was the kind of person that made everybody look better. Oh, that's the nicest thing that anyone could say about a person, I think. <laughs> um, in those early days, like when, when, you, when you say like she really helped us out, like w- when you started with the late show, was it like touch and go? Did you think like this isn't going to last or? Yes. Yes, I did because uh, I had done one other show uh, for NBC and it didn't last. And uh, I think everybody understands the trauma of losing one's uh, livelihood, especially if that's all one ever wanted to do. And then starting up again, you, you, it takes a while to lose that trepidation. Yeah, and for you're, sure. You're, you're talking about the morning show. Yes, it was on for uh, a week. No way, really? They gave you one week? About a week, yeah. <laughs> And what was the what was the reason? They're like, you'll work better late night. People don't understand what you're talking about. What did no, they say? No, uh, it just sucked. <laughs> That's not true. Why? It was, it was a I very good I, show. It's I don't not, believe he's that. lying. He's lying. No, it it you. <laughs> yeah, sadly, you can't see any evidence of it, and uh, that was true when it was on. <laughs> <laughs> And then you get this show, but they gave you so, you had a lot of time. Do you, did, was it always pressure? I don't remember. I watched that HBO movie in like the 90s, but I don't remember it, The Late Night Wars. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't remember That movie it. is, is uh, there's two reasons uh, I, I, uh, I don't like HBO. Uh, you want to hear them both? <laughs> yes. Of course. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, well, one time I was in New York City and uh, I had no money on me. Uh, just had no money. I'd, I'd spent it getting drunk and I, I needed money to get a cab to get to the airport. And all I had was a checkbook. Now, Shintira, uh, you're probably not old enough to remember checkbooks. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. In fourth grade, Brandon Whitaker's mom came to fourth grade class and taught everybody how to write a check. Yeah. Well, amazing. Yeah, I'll I'm never just, forget. I miss that because... Uh, I was one of those guys. If you ha- if you still had checks in the checkbook, you assumed you ha- still had money. Well, that's oh. not the way they work. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I go I go to the improv, and the guy who was the bartender, and I won't mention his name here, but later went on to become the head of uh, HBO. And so it's eleven o'clock at night at the improv. I have no money. Uh, I had been on the Tonight Show. I thought, well, the improv might know that I'm good for a $10 check because, you know, I'd, I'd been on major league TV. So I walked in there. Oh, hi, you're so-and-so I'm so-and-so. Yeah. Nice to see you. Listen, uh, I have no money. I got to get to the airport. Can I write a $10 check? And he said, no. Okay. R- reason number one. That I hate <laughs> oh, HBO. My God. 
Yeah. No, wouldn't wouldn't take a ten dollar check. The second one was one of you invoked that miserable movie. Uh, who was it? Yeah, that was thanks. me. Thanks, busy. Uh, so they had me at my home on the weekend, and they had set up a like an archery target, uh, and me standing like fifty feet from the archery target, throwing softballs at it. <laughs> Something you'd only see in a very, very inexpensive carnival. <laughs> a, a very, like a church-sponsored carnival might have this event. In my lifetime, I've never thrown softballs at an archery target. That's reason number two. And I think you'll all back me up. Dave, I worked for you when that movie came out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember you being like, coming in and being like, did you watch that? And I was like, I'm might have watched like a couple minutes of it. And then later in the day, you called me into your office and you were like, hey, come in here. I got to ask you something. I don't walk like that, do I? (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. So I've had several comedian up and coming improv women who have done me and they always fucking get it wrong. And it drives me insane because they just go straight valley girl and make me sound like a fucking idiot and the truth is my voice is actually very deep and my parents are from Chicago and I have like a hard A and (laughs) I reached out my friend she's my friend now and she's on Saturday Night Live Chloe Fineman Mm -hmm. I like tech I DM'd her on and I said if you're gonna do it lower my voice I'm not a fucking idiot and I have hard A's I guess it's not always the most flattering portrayal that people go for. <laughs> you know what? I, uh, uh, I don't know you well. Uh, just let this go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. Got it. Just let this go. You know, let it go. Short. <sighs> well, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Yeah, I was okay, going to say thank been, you for... It's been a lot of fun. I got to mow the yard. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, it was so nice when you made that video for me when my show was canceled. Um, Oh, no, I'm going to cry. It made me, um, it was really, it really meant a lot to me. And and it also, I think, clearly, because you didn't know who the fuck I was before Casey or somebody told you, it really speaks so much to how wonderful our friend Casey St. Ange is and um, how much you must have enjoyed... uh, her working for you. All well, those years let, ago. Let, let, I can say many things about this. Um, one of the best things that happened to me is uh, the show ended because uh, I, 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 it transformed me back to an actual human being. Because when I was in the in the eye of the storm, and and by the way, it was not calm the way the eye of a storm is. But when I was in the storm of doing a nightly show for how many years we did 30, it? 33? Yeah. It changes, it change, It warps one's view uh, physically, emotionally, and in every way humanly possible, it changes a person. When I, when I stopped doing the show, uh, I began reflecting on the humanity of what that experience must have been for others. And it, it filled me with uh, a lot of fun memories. And then also uh, a lot, of, I began to realize that I, I didn't get to know some of the people the way I would like to have known them and probably would have in another walk of life. 
And uh, Casey, I believe, uh, falls into that latter category. And, and through kind of reflecting on the show, I began to know more about Casey's role at, at uh, the show. And it, it was because of that connection, uh, that and, and your hard A's, that I was happy <laughs> to help out. <laughs> I, I would like to say something because you and I have actually talked, um, you know, since since the show ended and you're a busy guy. You know everyone in the world. The, the amount of people that I know and who have influenced my life is certainly smaller. And I appreciate you saying like it wasn't perfect because it certainly wasn't. It was a wild time, but I was also basically feral when I came <laughs> to work for you. <laughs> I was, you know, I was uh, raised... That was on the application. Check <laughs> here if you're feral. <laughs> it, it kind of was. You know, I, again, I don't know how much you remember, but I basically had been rejected for an internship. And then I suddenly got a call saying like, oh no, it turns out that somebody does want you to come to this show and work for them. And it was you in your office. And so I just came from this farm with shit on my shoes to New York City uh, to work for you. I remember interviewing with you and you said, the only thing I really care about is can you drive a stick shift? And I was like, no, no, sir, I cannot drive a stick shift. (laughs) And uh, so I was like, well, that's it. My ship is sailing by. But so then you, you picked me and I came and when I got up the courage to say like, hey, by the way, why did you pick me when I couldn't do the one thing that you wanted your intern to do? You were like, oh, this girl has a weird name. She went to a terrible school. <laughs> <laughs> I had met you and I thought like, okay, so she can't drive my car to put gas in my car, but she seems smart and she'll figure it out. And so like you having that faith in me that I would figure it out was a really big deal. And so, yes, it was a storm. It was a crazy time. And there's a lot of things that I would change about the way things were done in that time, not just with our show, but every show. But also you did give me a shot. Well, you're being very generous. Uh, And what I would like to re-underline is uh, I, I wish I had uh, stronger, better, and different relationships with the people uh, who were nice enough to put up with me. So thank you. Well, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. I, we, you know, it, it was, it, I learned, so, I learned so, so much there. That's what, now I'm going to cry. I learned a lot there. And so I think that, I think it's right for all of us to sort of acknowledge and answer for the way we could have done things better. But truly I did learn a lot there, you know? um, I I mean, it's, um, it's amazing to me how much of life was ignored because of my ridiculous selfish commitment to doing a daily show. What was that though? Is that your, is that just in you? Is that your, the way that you thought it, could only be that way. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even think about it. I, I mean, uh, you must have uh, had uh, uh, once you're given a show. Yeah. Uh, especially if you've had one taken away from you. Yeah. You you want to make damn sure that it, you're concentrating on, on the project at hand. For and, sure. And I did it to a fault where everything else was excluded. And and I have regrets about that. 
you have a top 10 list of regrets about it? Yeah, I got to go. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, Dave, like I didn't have as much of a choice. I don't think Jimmy or Jimmy or James. is the other James. guy's name Jimmy too? James. The, it's yeah. James, James, but you James, can call James. him Jimmy. <laughs> or Seth, my friend Seth. It does feel all encompassing, though, at that network level. But I feel like maybe that's coming from another place and put on you. The well, I, I felt, uh, and 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 uh, I'll just say this, and then we'll uh, go on to something far more interesting. <laughs> um, I, I felt a lot of pressure, a uh, because of uh, Carson was the the role model. Carson was the standard. And I felt like I never quite lived up to that. So I felt pressure uh, there. Uh, I was uh, on opposite Jay Leno, who was uh, doing better ratings wise than was I. I felt pressure there. And I'd had one show uh, canceled out from under me. So I felt Mm -hmm. pressure there as well. Uh, And then we had gone from NBC, where they were used to uh, this day part uh, succeeding uh, to uh, CBS, which had not had much luck recently in this day part uh, and knew nothing about CBS, so I felt pressure there. But I, I, it, these are all just excuses. I'm telling you, if I had met uh, either of the three of you uh, and I was uh, working at the Foot Locker, uh, you would have found me to be uh, a different person, uh, right. perhaps the, the the actual person I am. Uh, uh God, if I could get that gig at Footlock. <laughs> I mean, I might know someone. I was going to say, I don't I don't think anyone's hiring right now, though, COVID. COVID. Um, I have a question because your comedians in cars getting coffee was the year before you announced your retirement from your show. And I wondered if that was like the first time where you had an experience where you're like, well, there's a world where I'm not killing myself and at the, you know, price of all other, but I could mm-hmm. still talk to interesting people and do a different kind of thing. No, I, I was not aware of it uh, prior. It, it took me six months into the retirement to figure that out. Oh, because, really? Yeah. I, I just assumed that the person I was every day for 33 years was the person I was. Right. And, and I, I, I think now back on things that happened and, uh, it's, uh, some of the uh, experiences uh, are just, um, I don't know, remarkable. And, and uh, you know, I, I wish they hadn't happened because, and they happened because of things I did. I'm, I'm sorry about that. But once everything settles down and you see the world and you see your family and you see what's going on, uh, I, I was still armored, you know, uh, and then the armor falls away and you begin to understand yourself, others, uh, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, ways you would rather be, uh, mistakes you made, and uh, on and on. It's a lot of introspection. And with most introspection, it's only interesting to the person who's introspecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it's it's very interesting because like, we're interested in your introspection, because obviously you are a huge part of American culture, world culture. Like I'm a writer and a comedian. So obviously you are influential into, I I write for a late night show right now. 
Uh, so what, there what is. Show do you write for? I'm, I write for the Amber Ruffin show, but I think that um, we've talked to Rosie O'Donnell too, and like both of you uh, are very important in this culture, and I think it's really important and very fascinating to me to hear you, you because you don't have to be introspective, you don't have to be better. Like it's great that you're doing it, but the way that this world is set up, like if you decided just to be a piece of shit, people would be like. Okay. And I think that it's really important and cool for you to be like, you know what? I didn't like that about myself. I thought about it and I am going to spend the rest of my time really being better. And also that you're the second person who said that once my show was over, I really enjoyed coming back to earth and meeting myself. And I don't think even if you're not working in television, I think meeting yourself for the first time is very important and people don't talk about doing it. So um, I think it's really cool that you are willing to say that because obviously people will listen to you uh, about how important it is. But also I, don't, I think people ignore the fact that like you can be a new person, a better person that you like, that you would like to spend time with after you've done 30 years of something else. And I think that that's really cool. That's very kind of you. And, and, and you, uh, what's inconsistent about this whole thing is at a certain point in your life, this is all you want to do. Right. You can't afford glassware. Honest to God, where are you <laughs> drinking from? Everybody drinks out of mason jars now, Dave. That's it's hipster. It's cool. What, what's in there? Water. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, you're such a good storyteller. Yeah. You're the best storyteller. So we wanted, I know that you've talked about like this really big pivotal moment of retiring and regrets that you have. Um, and you've given me an opportunity to say, you know, that I learned a lot and I admire you. And I also got in trouble when that biography was written about you. Because really? I, yeah, because I wouldn't say the author took me out to lunch and I wouldn't say anything bad about you. And then he was like, Dave actually told me worse things about himself than you're saying here. And I was like, got my free turkey burger, got a lecture by the <laughs> but author. Also, I felt like that's how I knew I could really trust Casey. It's like she would not, she didn't talk shit about you or Rosie or, oh my God, what's his name? Andy Cohen. Yes, Andy Cohen. <laughs> She talked so little about Andy, you forgot his name. I didn't, I didn't even remember it. Just but kidding, so, Andy. It's, a, it's, a, it's remarkable. It's a, a, an unusual trait in this day and age, and I think unusual to humanity generally. So thank you. I yeah, just, she's I listen, I just feel like if there's something that I want to say to you, maybe I'll say it to you, but I don't, there's no need for me to say it in a book. Not yeah. just about you. Thank you. Anybody. Thank you. Um, but, uh, you're, you're a great storyteller, so why don't you tell us a story about a pivot in your life that we might not be familiar with? Well, you, you know, I was in prison. <laughs> what? You were not. No. Well, six years. That's not true. Yes, it is. No. When? Federal Penitentiary in Kansas. David Letterman. Six years in prison. <laughs> Hard time, too. It wasn't one of those country club prisons that everybody goes to these days. You know, a lot of things a man doesn't like to talk about. <laughs> That's fair. I bet. Um, <laughs> just the driest, I bet. <laughs> um, but for real, 
I I know. I feel like I know pivot stories about you. Do you have Do you have like a fun one? Like I love this story about when you were tapped to like guest host a game show. Do you remember this one? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a uh, th- this was a great story uh, right up until the end of the story. But in in those days, uh, everything's different. But I'm a a, a a product of the comedy store, which uh, now is a completely different uh, place, a, a completely different enterprise, and is tremendous. Uh, plays a tremendous part in the success of big, big comedy stars. But when I was there, it was just me and a bunch of dopes uh, telling our jokes. And so to augment, uh, we got no money in those days, uh, a guy named Tom Dreesen, a very good friend of mine, uh, had all connections where he he knew of uh, production companies that needed uh, stand-ins, fill-ins, dummies, uh, extras. And and so one, one week we would go out and we would be in a, a commercial for Dodge, and we the next week we'd be at a, a game show run through. So that's how the game show stuff began. Uh, there was a guy named Ron Green, I believe, who was a game show producer, and we would come and try out his game show. He said, "Here's my idea, and here's what we're going to do, and you'll be the celebrities, and you'll be the contestant." And we we got paid seven bucks a day for this, and that was great because you know that was that was gas. And anything else, you, you do it for a couple of weeks, and you, it's extra money. And it oh, was through that uh, I did it, and Jay Leno did it, and Elaine Boozler did it, and Tom Dreesen did it, and Johnny Dark did it, and uh, I think Jeff Altman did it, and many other people that I knew uh, were uh, Shirley Hemphill was part of this. Uh, anyway, so you work your way up. They think, oh, geez, that went pretty well. And if the show gets produced. Uh, you get maybe get to be a part of it. So uh, a couple of years after doing these game show run throws, they had a, a pilot they were going to do. And they said, me, I, Dave, you get to be the host of this uh, pilot. Now we're not saying you'll be, if the show gets picked up, we're not saying you'll be the guy. Uh, <laughs> but we want you to do the pilot. And I said, well, you know, in the nascent part of your career, you're agreeable to stuff because you don't know. Sure. And uh, so, uh, we're standing backstage and I'm kind of excited. And, uh, the, I'm standing next to Joanne Worley, who was the celebrity guest on that show. Uh, and they're getting ready to, to introduce me. And she says, wow. She said, uh, uh, you're hosting a game show. And I said, yeah, yeah. And she says, well, uh, good luck. That's the only thing you'll ever do the rest of your life. And, and suddenly <laughs> all, all of this excitement, yeah. Uh, paralyzing dread because I thought, oh my God, she's right. I'll never, I, I'll just, all I will do is be a game show host. Now, also rude. I was going to say, also, I don't know also, Joanne Worley, but rude. Rude. Like, yeah. read the room. You're trying well, to have a yeah, nice I time. Being, yeah, maybe it was rude. I, I no, it was it. like a bitchy actress thing to do. Well, anyway, <laughs> no, they didn't pick it up and I went on to other things. But if you look at that, uh, Pat Sajak, uh, <laughs> I mean, this guy was, he used to be the weatherman at the KNBC and very funny, very, very funny. And I think he had a late night show at uh, CBS as well. He did for a very and short he, time. I remember. He's been on that, uh, on that uh, wheel of fortune. Yeah. Uh, for, for like 40 years. Yes. And uh, it just shows with barely a personality what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it makes it, and you know, maybe it turns you into a Republican, those games. Shows. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, was, I was kind of surprised to hear that that, that is uh, his political uh, party. Really? It's I don't know. I feel like you can look at that guy and tell. <laughs> it's interesting. He and so Chuck Woolery. <clears throat> Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery, uh, too, yeah. yeah. yeah so I, I don't know, uh, Casey, that, that story, I, I, but uh, I don't know if it was pivotal. It was only frightening. I was scared silly that, oh, gosh, in, again, in pursuing something that I thought was fun and beneficial – may have just collapsed around me like a burning building. <laughs> but you were doing, so you were doing stand-up and stuff. Was a late night show always what you wanted to do? I mean, I know you were a weatherman yeah. and you had like, you know, you, that. So a late night show was always the goal. You were like Merv Griffin well, and. Yeah, yeah, or a talk show because I, 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 can't, I can't do anything else. Right. You know, I, I, can't, I can't act. Sure. I, uh, you were said, great in Mork and Mindy. <laughs> One of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, I, I remember the uh, the final. You know, they when when they do a uh, they do a, a dress rehearsal show and then they do the the real show. Mm-hmm. And in between, uh, Howard Short, Howard Storm, somebody sure. like that was the director, very well known director in the world of situation comedies. And uh, I'm in the makeup chair for the real real show, and he says, uh, "You know, we've been doing this all week." Uh, you have one last chance to get it right. <laughs> no, <laughs> Dave, I, I, I think it's there's two things that you've brought up that have been very wild to me is the cost of things like seven dollars a day is like what minimum wage is now. So people are still probably making seven dollars a day in Georgia. But when you wrote the check for ten dollars to go to the airport, if you're in the airport in New York, it costs five dollars to get to your plane. So Can I, that thing. Well, Dave, here, I'll say, so, I'll say something about you. When I worked for you, God bless you, you were so out of touch with how thing, how much things cost. <laughs> because you would be like, can you go get me a pair of jeans? Like, I ripped my jeans. Can you go buy me a pair of jeans? And you'd give me like $11 cash. And I'd be like, when was I talking about jeans? And that, so that's, but by the way, so that might be the truth of the comedy store guy who ended up being the head of HBO. He was like, Fucking $10 to get to JFK? No, dude. By the same drug addict. Yeah. Sometimes you'd be like, I'm craving some soup. Will you go get me soup? And then give me like $200. And I'd be like, all right. I hope he says keep the change. (laughs) At some point, I had uh, recently changed residences in Manhattan and had no uh, bedding. And there was a a young woman uh, who was, I think, an intern. A uh, very nice kid, and uh, her goal of the day was to go buy sheets. And she went and came back and and said, "Here's your here's your sheets." And I said, "Oh, oh, geez, that's great, thank you." How much were they? And she said, three thousand dollars." Whoa! Yeah, that's. And I said, and I had the same reaction. I I didn't know sheets cost three thousand dollars. I mean, they can. They can. I don't they know can. If I they can also cost thirty dollars. Yeah. Or or guys, there's. Why would they? Why three thousand dollars? Thread count, thread count, thread count, name brand, and even thread, thread count. count. It could just but be. But you a name know, brand. I'm all about thread count. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, shocked when I found out that there was like a twenty thousand dollar mattress. Yeah. Oh, oh I can't. Okay. No, I went to a mattress store in the before times with my friend, and there was a mattress that was like seven thousand dollars, and I was like, "That's crazy." So then yeah. I laid on it, and I understood. <laughs> <laughs> I laid 
on it. And I was like, this is foolish. Who would? Oh, okay. If I get an extra $7,000, I might have to come back to Mattress Town and get this. Oh, Mattress Town. They're the best. <laughs> All right, guys. 2020 has already reshaped a lot of things. But very much how we work. It's not only halfway over. Guys, come on. We, it's got to be, we're almost done with 2020, right? So it's close. Gotta be. We're so I've close. Been, I've been done with it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I mean, for, yeah. <laughs> anyway, businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. And guess what? Indeed is here to help. So Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. We love it when there's no long-term contracts, guys. I legit found out I was paying for a gym that I joined when I was 20 years old. I am 41. Oh God. It was only a couple bucks a month at this point because it was literally like 1998 that I joined it or something. Sure. But still, that adds up over 20 years. <laughs> I could have I could have been a billionaire. But here, but here we are. Doing so the this moral podcast is no long-term no long-term contracts. <laughs> right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash processing. This is their best offer available anywhere. Right now, go right now to indeed.com slash processing. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. So Dave, it's 2020. There's a pandemic. You retired. How are, but now you have this Netflix show what, like, what's your life like? What's happening? What's happening with your son? How's he doing? What's next for you? Well, uh, I'm not sure any of us know what's next for us. Uh, my son is a, a junior in high school, um, or he would have been. He uh, quit and got a job at Subway. So that's what he's doing. <laughs> um, and uh, the, the Netflix show has been great, uh, a wonderful experience for me. And for, I, I hope for the people that we worked with, I hope it was an altogether different experience than my previous show, but it's been a lot of fun. And I, I, would, uh, I would like to continue doing something uh, like that. I got to meet people that are uh, just really, really impressive. Uh, uh, people that I knew of but didn't know. And uh, that experience uh, for me has been, has been great because we, we can... I like talking to them about things that we have in common and things we don't have in common. And uh, it's been greatly beneficial for me therapeutically, uh, emotionally to talk to these uh, other people that are wildly successful and uh, find out, find out what they are as actual human beings, not just show business figures. So that's been great. Is that part of the like introspection of, the time after this show where you're trying so. to like yeah. figure your own self out in a way. I think so. But, but also it's uh, the, the, the old show, as, as you would know, you got six, eight, 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. And good night. Uh, mm-hmm. Here 
her. I think we um, talked to Elizo. I think it was close to two hours. She's the best. Which was she's uh, the best. Pretty much. Oh my God! And 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 uh, I know I look like the kind of guy that would be uh, a big Lizzo fan, but I just didn't know that much about her. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and when I found out about her, I just fell in love with her. Yeah, uh, we had her on our show. Didn't she? I mean, tremendous. And and it's, just, <sighs> it's the kind of thing where I you you I, I had sort of a paternal instinct about her. I, you kind of want to. She's so good. You just want to protect her. You know, you want to help her. You want to make sure that people aren't nasty to her. Yeah. I think that's one thing interesting about you. And I've said that people ask about you all the time. Um, what's he really like? And what was that experience really like? And I always do say that you were a very paternal figure. So I hope you give yourself at least a little bit of credit for that, you know, in between being introspective. But you were, I feel like you were very protective of me, sometimes in a hilarious way. Yeah. You well, hated you hated my boyfriend. I don't know if you remember that. He worked at VH1 and you'd always be like, what is he, a VJ? His hair is insane. I do not like the sight of him. But we're married. He's the father of my children. <laughs> oh my God, Matt. <laughs> yes. And then also, I don't know if you remember this, but we were here in Los Angeles doing The Late Show for, out of CBS um, Television City. And you had gone to rehearsal and you came back from rehearsal and you were like, Casey, get in here. I want to talk to you about something. And I was like, oh God, like, what did I do? Am I in trouble? So I went into your office and you were like, sit down. Uh, you know how guys are. There's a lot of young guys that work on this show and they uh, like to gossip and talk just as much as anyone. And I heard a lot of the guys talking about how they were going to go to a tattoo parlor tonight and get tattoos <laughs> And, uh, you know, because they're legal here and they're not legal in New York City. And then they got around to saying like, hey, should we invite Casey? And one of the guys said, uh, we can invite her. She'll probably go. She already has a tattoo. And you were like, so I just want you to know that some guys that work here are spreading a rumor that you have a tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, I do. (laughs) Do you want to see it? And you were like, no, no, no. Do your parents know? Oh, my God. Did you get this on my watch? (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so cute. It's uh, it's like I'm the youth minister. (laughs) Jesus, what an asshole. No, it's nice. It made me laugh so hard. And you were just, I remember you saying like, your parents, you know, let you come to New York and entrusted me to like make sure that you're okay here in the big city. And then you're like, I find out that you get a tattoo. And I was like, I got this tattoo when I was 18 years old. My mom also has a tattoo. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Yeah, okay. I I had to have you come in and sit down and talk it over. Yes. Thank you, Father Dave. (laughs) It was very funny to me and and endearing. I liked that you cared that the boys were talking about me. Can I just say though this because I was uh, I started in entertainment when I was mm, 19 years old. I got Freaks and Geeks, my first TV show. You know, when you're a young woman in this industry, a lot can fucking happen, as we know. And I do think that if you're lucky enough in your first job to work for somebody in a position of power, a man who sees like what can happen and has seen 
Paul Feig and Judd Apatow took Linda Cardellini and I aside to tell us, I don't want you guys to go on any diets. I know what's happening. Like, you know, I think that there was a thing in in that time because it was all so unspoken. No one fucking talked about Harvey Weinstein if he invites you to your to have a meeting in his his hotel room, don't go. So I do think that even though it's like, this is part of like the patriarchal system that obviously like we're trying to dismantle, but at the same time, Dave, what he saw in you and what he was trying to do is the same thing Paul and Judd were doing for me and Linda, which is like, there's going to be a lot of bullshit. We don't want you, you girls are talented and smart. It's just, that was the, that was the thing that had to happen because if it wasn't, the white guy in charge saying it to you, someone else is going to tell you something very different. So yeah. I appreciate it. Well, that's, that's good. It's, it's, it's glad that that has uh, filtered into the system, even, and this is a few years ago, but that's great. Well, that was so long ago, but wait, do you, did you ever feel like that kind of responsibility? Like for Casey, no. you didn't think you did. You weren't no, paying attention. I, that was just something that happened. No, I, I, I honestly, uh, I, I, I was just, uh, like I said earlier, I was so focused on, uh, is this show going to be okay? Uh, what did I screw up tonight? What did I screw up last night? And that, that just fed on itself. And, and I just was day to day oblivious to most things except the show. Uh, and you know, that's the source of what I, you know, I, I, sh- I shouldn't have behaved that way. And, and I, I, I don't know. It, it, I, I think if, if, if you have the kind of ego that needs to go into show business, that's the way you're going to behave. Well, interesting. Or, you know, you just needed more love from your parents. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> My name is Busy Phillips. Um, Dave, wh- when you were leaving your show, did they ask you who you thought should get it? Did, it, did any women occur to you? No, no. They, I mean, the, I announced that I was leaving Monday. They hired Stephen Colbert. I was oh, really? on. I said goodbye on a Friday. Monday, Stephen had the job, so no, there's not a great deal of. Uh, well, let's get Dave up here and see what he thinks. No, that, that didn't happen. I was out the door. That uh. seems weird to me. Yeah, me too. I thought. I thought so. <laughs> and, and then, then people started telling me. I remember uh, uh, being at the Kennedy Airport with my family and some guys. How much did it cost you to get to that airport? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> ten, bucks, 10 bucks, really. Uh, so so <laughs> the guys come up to me and they're holding uh, seats, theater seats, like four or five of them. They each have two or three. And they, they want me to sign the theater seats. And I said, well, I don't, I don't. He said, well, these, we t- took these out of your theater because they had been tossed into a dumpster on uh, uh, what street was it? 34, 54th street. Was that it? 53rd street. Uh, so they, the next day they started demolishing the set and throwing the stuff out on the sidewalk. Uh, that broke it, my heart because that set was so beautiful. Kathleen anchors had built oh, that Kathleen set. Anchors, God bless her. Yeah. Uh, but I understand that the, the, the facility now is they found things that had been covered up in the, the remodeling that we did that, uh, it's just uh, even lovelier now. But uh, yeah, yeah, I felt like, anyway, no, they didn't ask me about other people. But I, I, I now looking at it, uh, we, we have all of the people that you named 
And I know and like all of them, but you know, it would been been cool if we had had a woman in in one of those uh, seats. And you know, it's it's. <laughs> I remember the first time being on an on an airplane, and the captain was a female, and you thought, "Oh Jesus, a woman! <laughs> Are we going to be all right? What's going to happen now?" Uh, and of course, yeah, everything is fine, and there's no reason. <laughs> well, I would, I would hope so. <laughs> but it's the same way with a, an 11:30 talk show. What's the problem? Well, yeah, I guess part of it is hiring, right? Like, did it ever can did it ever occur to hire more women, or you know what I mean? I just feel like the 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 culture obviously seems like it skews so male, and I I think I mean. I think it has to do with, you know, who runs the networks and the studios and shit. But I just wondered, did you have like a woman that you could point to and be like, what do you think about that? Yeah, we, we had uh, quite a few women on the staff in, in positions of power, uh, creative power and uh, administrative power. Uh, and, and we talked about this uh, all the time. I don't know how many executive producers we had that were women. And... Um, it, it just, I relied on them heavily because they, they seemed to have, you know, a better sense of what was going on than certainly than, than I did. Uh, so I don't know why others weren't, I, you know, and it came to me later uh, than it should have, but I don't know why others uh, weren't more aware of that at the time. But, you know, it worked out okay, except if you're a woman. <laughs> that is true. That's one thing I want to say because I I think that um all late night shows that's always a conversation about uh you know there's not enough women particularly writing the comedy and hosting the comedy. But at late show uh Jude Brennan, Barbara Gaines, Maria Pope, uh Kathy Mavrakakis, uh, just Rogers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So just Did Nell Scoville write Nell Scovel was a writer early at late, at late night, but for a very short oh, time. Right. But you guys still talk to each other, Dave, right? You and Nell? Yes. Uh, we exchanged emails about a year ago. So we're, we're pretty close. <laughs> we're very <tight>. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about Meryl Marco, but she was instrumental in sort of shaping the original show, correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, she and I were, uh, as the kids say, romantically involved. We hooked up. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Now, now we get, get it. it. Yeah, now okay. I get it. And, um, <laughs> very, very funny, very smart. And uh, we were kind of doing her show. And, yeah. and all I was kind of worried about was uh, if I had an idea, I would take it to Meryl. And then, but she, she came up with stupid human tricks, stupid pet tricks. And a lot of the video pieces we did in, in those days, uh, she was responsible for. She was uh, fantastically creative and prolific. And uh, she was in charge of the writers. So I, I never really had to worry about it. And, and her uh, thought, her coda on that was we would get submissions. And she always said to me, uh, if it makes you laugh, they're funny. Well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty simple, but that's also pretty big order that right. somebody sends in a three or four page submission 
and you're supposed to laugh. And if you don't laugh, you're, you're not getting through the door. So that's, that's how she staffed uh, our writer's room. And that's the way it stayed for quite a long time. I have a question uh, about that. Did you guys hire solely off of those writing submissions? Because now you have to have a meeting. I I had a meeting with The Daily Show years ago, and Trevor Noah truly was just like, we have to meet people because you want to make sure you want to be in a room with a person for four hours (laughs) because people have been duped before. (laughs) So did you guys solely in the beginning go off of pure writing or did you meet people because you might have a great writer and meet someone and be like that dude's a super weirdo i don't want to hang out with him (laughs) the only person person that i met uh, was paul schaefer uh oh really oh in terms of writers uh no they were all off the submission and 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 uh their their experience we we were lucky for a period to to have a bunch of uh, guys guys again uh, who had come from Saturday Night Live, and we knew them by reputation. Yeah. But tip- typically there were no uh, no meetings. Did you ever get duped? <laughs> well, the, the network got duped with me. <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, you, it, it, it comes and goes. I, yeah. I, 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 it's a tricky thing when you're uh, hiring somebody in a creative position. Because yeah. do you ever get duped? Well... Perhaps you do, but whose fault is it? Is it, is it my fault? Is it their fault? I don't know. You know, you, you can only, and I think that's the, the, I don't know if they still do it this way, but it used to be 13 week cycles for yes. a writer. Yeah. Uh, I, I think therein lies the period of uh, how did we get duped? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> we, we had great writers uh, that passed through those doors and, and uh, yeah. And, and a lot of them that, uh, uh, left and, and and proved to be much, much better than I knew at the time. I never held a job longer than 13 weeks before I got <laughs> a TV show. So, and I was always, I was happy uh, because I thought, great, uh, now I can go on to something else. That was the nice thing about being in Los Angeles when I was, you would just go from production to production to production and you'd work there six weeks or whatever the time period was. And then that would fold up and then you'd go on to something else. And it, it kept things interesting. And, you know, you would make a little money here and there. Do you ever feel like you work best under pressure? Is that who you are? Like, do you work? Uh, yeah, I like I like to think uh, uh, I work best under pressure. And then, then I remember they asked me to host the Academy Awards. And that changed <laughs> my impression of how I am under pressure. Uh, I remember <laughs> to be that. Fair, to be fair, it still will not go down in history as being the worst. So, <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks for You're the welcome. back. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember you flew right to London. I, wa- I watched it in London because we were doing the show from uh, Thames Studios in London. And so I'd mm-hmm. been there for a couple weeks. And I remember getting up at whatever ridiculous time to watch the Oscars and then just being like, it doesn't seem like he's enjoying this. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went out uh, first thing in the morning and bought a rugby ball because I was like, this will cheer him up. <laughs> when he lands, I'm going to ask him if he wants to have a catch with this rugby ball. Did you, uh, uh, did... Uh... Did Rosie ever take you to London? 
not to not to London. Uh, and busy. Did you ever uh, take uh, Casey to London? I took her to I took her to a fancy resort in Mexico. <laughs> Yeah. That's right, that's nice. Not for the show, just for fun, because we're friends. <laughs> just, for, just, just for fun. Dave, I have a very, I have a very sweet photo of you and I chatting on the on the Thames. We were standing on the bridge chatting in London, and I love it. It's one of my favorite photos, and I love it because I remembered that it looks like we're having the deepest conversation in the world, and we're talking about bologna sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Right there, that's the story of me. <laughs> I want to talk about something. Yeah, what is it, Dave? You ever had a bologna sandwich? <laughs> now listen, you, you, you invoked London, uh, and I don't often do this, but I just finished a book that reminded me so much of uh, my limited experience in London, but certain, certain aspects of it uh, still exist today, and it's called The Splendid and the Vile, and it's about World War II and Churchill uh, during the Blitz of London. Uh, and it's uh, written by Eric Larson. And it's a, a wonderful account of uh, heroism uh, in, in the face of imminent destruction. Uh, and they mention many of the places we visited and saw and stayed in when we've been in London. But the, the, the courage of, of the, the people and the people leading them uh, is is hard to believe compared to what we're going through now. Uh, yeah. The splendid uh, and the vile. It's great. I know what I'm getting my and dad for Christmas. Great, uh, Thank recipes you. Recipes for uh, bologna sandwiches. In it all. <laughs> um. Yeah. You always give great book recommendations. So oh, I will, sure. Yeah. You Listen, do. My ass is going to sleep. How much longer <laughs> are we going to do this? We don't have to go much longer. We don't, you th- need to go. You can go. We adore you. Uh, are you, are you looking forward to the election, Dave? What do you think? Uh, what do you think is well, going to happen? Uh, well, I, I, I'm reassured by this one notion. Uh, 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 Donald Trump will not be reelected. Um, I, I believe that he will be taken out of the White House by the uh, Secret Service, and uh, he will he will get uh, treatment. I believe he's mentally ill, and he will uh, once he's stable, uh, he will uh, go to prison. So uh, I'm reassured by this. Uh, I believe that's what will happen. I hope lips. so. From your lips <laughs> to God's ears, Dave. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, podcast, but also thank you so much for um, you know giving me a shot when I was feral. Well, Casey, you're you're so kind, and 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 it's it's just exactly what I talked about earlier. Your impression of your time there is is mostly new to me and surprisingly positive. <laughs> <laughs> so I I can't thank you enough for that. And, and busy, what can I say about you? I don't know. Um, and Shintara God bless you get a car (laughs) I mean if you buy me one I'll get it anybody a car unplug this thing (laughs) Dave David Letterman thank you thank you very much Shintara Casey, Bye. thank you. Stay Bye-bye. safe. Bye-bye. All right, Bye. turn this thing off now. How do you turn it off? <laughs> She'll turn it off. Bye. 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 <laughs>
right. So, guys, let's talk about parenting. Let's talk about trying to get your kids to eat vegetables. Let's talk about my daughter, Cricket, and how I had to explain to her that edamame is not technically a vegetable. Therefore, (laughs) we have to do better. (laughs) But you know what has uh, happened to my life that's made it easier? And maybe you guys too. Daily Harvest. Um, because they deliver delicious, clean food. It's ready very easily. I love it. Cricket is learning to eat vegetables. I'm not going to say she loves it yet, guys. I'm just going to be honest with you, but I love it and she will someday. It's it's an acquired taste. She's doing her best. She's doing her best and I, we love her for it and we can't, this is the thing, man. You know, Birdie was the kid that ate. She still will eat any vegetable you put in front of her, even that one where you cut it open and it smells rotten. It smells like feet. I bet you, <laughs> I bet you, she would try that. But Cricket is like, if it's a vegetable, just keep walking. But when daily, but daily harvest gets delivered and like their little bowls, they work with farms and they freeze their ingredients at peak ripeness to lock in the nutrients, but also the taste. So it's really, it's really easy for me to like whip up a smoothie that has good ingredients in it. And she'll, she will definitely try that. Um, and you know, the little bowls and the soups are also a good, um, way to get the veggies into my small, smallest child that I have. (laughs) Um, and I love a freezer, situation because everything's fresh until you use it. I don't feel bad about wasting food. I don't feel bad about vegetables going bad. Um, And they're also, Daily Harvest is committed to minimizing their environmental impact. They're in the process of transitioning to 100% recyclable, plant-based and renewable fiber packaging. Yay. Thank you, Daily Harvest. Yeah. We love that the most. So parenting can be hard. Adulting can be hard. But Daily Harvest makes it easier with their undeniably delicious food Keep it simple, guys. Keep it simple. And go to dailyharvest.com. Enter the promo code BEST to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code BEST for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. Dailyharvest.com. You know the things that... Uh, we all think like, oh, I would like to do that, but I just don't have time and or whatever. We just haven't done it for many different reasons. I personally, everybody thinks I have very straight teeth, but I get a lot of stuff stuck on my teeth because my teeth have slowly moved. I did have braces when I was very young and then I didn't really commit to wearing my retainer the way that my best friend, Emily BB still, I think, wears her retainer. <laughs> um, but that's what happens. Your teeth just move. Everything moves when you get older. Things shift. Your body changes. But the one thing that I really do like is I like having those straight teeth so that food doesn't get stuck in them. That's what, that's where I'm at now at age 41. Well, guess what? Candid uh, is going to straighten my teeth and it's simple, it's easier, and it's more comfortable than ever. They're clear aligners that are removable and practically invisible, unlike, you know, obviously wire braces. And so you can transform your smile without anyone noticing. Plus, your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. And it's all done. I mean, tooth movement. And it's all done from the comfort and convenience of your own home. So 
Candid only works with orthodontists, never general dentists like other companies. Plus, your supervising orthodontist will be with you every step of the way, which is nice because that guy or gal or person is going to get to know your teeth and they're going to know what's happening, where are they going, what do we want them to do. Um, The same orthodontist. I love it. The average candid treatment is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands and thousands and thousands less than braces. So start straightening those teeth today. Right now, all of our listeners can save $75 on Candid Starter Kit. Go to candidco.com slash best. Candidco.com slash best and use code best. That's candidco.com slash best, code best. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. Candidco.com slash best, code best. Get your teeth straightened. Oh my God, let's just keep talking for one second. Holy shit. Oh my gosh, we did it. We did it. No, I'm not kidding, though. He is my dad. The Splendid in the Vile is my dad's you, Christmas present. I knew he it. He missed I knew you that, were thank be God. Like, Dave recommended this book. <laughs> it will He'll be my that. dad's favorite. That was Well, so for good. sure. No, wait. Let's keep talking because we can just end the show like this. Yeah. Too. Because I do feel like, I do feel like this, the third act post David Letterman, it's going to feel, I mean, we can have some reflection too. Yeah. Like what's, listen, Shantira, let me tell you something. I didn't bring this up to Dave because I don't want to raise a red flag. Yeah. He's talking about like how cranky he was, whatever, when this is all true. He's being honest. I feel like if he wants to say that about himself, let him say that about himself. But here's what I will tell you. One time I asked him to pick a beneficiary for a life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. And I guess he was like busy and overwhelmed. And he just was like, I don't, I don't have time to do this right now. And I was like, but you need to, it's important. You're business manager. And he was like, I don't, I do not care. I do not care who is the beneficiary of this life insurance policy. This is before he was married or had a child. And I was like, okay, great. I'll make myself the beneficiary of this life, life insurance policy. So if nobody has ever caught that and it still stands to this day, <laughs> I have a small amount of money from a small <laughs> insurance policy coming to me. And if I ever get it, I'll buy you a car with it. Yeah. I love, I just like love when people just be like, get something. I was like, you get it. <laughs> I don't need no car. I'm a grown bitch. <laughs> you have to know that to that guy, cars are very important. So I know. That's why he just, should give me one of his. It's absurd. If David Levinman want to give me a fit. <laughs> I'll find somewhere to park it. Listen, let me you'll tell you like, something. You'll I like um, Patty LaBelle with all these cars that people have given her that you don't yeah. want to drive. I feel like he's going to buy you a car. I yeah. Gonna, I really do. Uh, I really uh, fucking do. I think, he's gonna, I think a car is going to fucking show uh, up for you. A close mouth don't get fair. When I worked for him one time, I think like, I can't remember if it was that he placed a bet on a horse or like bought a stock. But anyway, so the fun game was to go around to everyone and say, he was like, I invested in this stock. If like it, if it goes through the roof, if we make a ton of money on this, what kind of car do you want? And he asked every single person and everybody was like, I want to, you know, I want a Mercedes. I want to BMW. A fancy car. A they, fancy everybody car. asked for fancy cars. And then he was like, uh, what kind of car do you want? And I was like, um, I don't know, like a Dodge Neon. <laughs> <laughs> and then after he was like, 
if this stock makes any money because you weren't greedy, you're the only person I'm going to buy that car for. Well, but then it didn't make any money. Well, like he also is truly like a dad because my dad always told me he was like, it's not the buying of the Ferrari. It's not the buying of the house. It's the maintaining the Ferrari and the taxes and the filling of the house. Totally. Ooh, filling up a house. I, <laughs> That's a lot. I, had, I went and looked at the price of rugs and I was like, couldn't be me. <laughs> I love no, rugs. I, by the way, rugs are the secret like expense of the universe. It's the oh secret. My God. It's I, insane how expensive fucking rugs are. Guys, it's like rug you go, people. Get you it go together. To your, you go to your grandma's house and she got like three and it's like, who, who bought Take these rugs? Those. It's insane. <laughs> you need them. a whole other a whole other job just to buy rugs. Yeah. I literally was like, I'm leaving my children the rugs. no money. <laughs> I'm only leaving them the fucking rugs. I, I'm not kidding. It, they're so expensive. And then also, like, I don't know. I feel like this is also the crowd for this. Like, I'm, like, accidentally bougie. So, like, if I'm in a store and I see a sale rack, I'll be like, I like this shoe. And it'll be, like, a $400 Cole Haan. Totally. And I'll be like, absolutely not. So I've been, like, looking at rugs. And I was like, ooh, this rug is cute. $12,000. I was like, my taste. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, you know what happens to me all the time, Shantira? I will, like, get advertised, like, a little ring or something on yeah. Instagram and then oh I click God. on it and it's like $30,000 <laughs> and then Instagram is like, oh, she's rich and then they just start showing me like the craziest bougie shit and I'm like, I need to send an email to Mr. Instagram and tell him that I'm unemployed and I have zero dollars. Yeah, my taste is, I, I you know what? I'm actually proud of my taste because I'm like, oh wow, I do gravitate to the bougie the but finer girl, things i mean like every time I, it was like a list of rugs and i was scrolling and it was like oh this rug's 175 okay this is the web page for me and i kept scrolling the one i love twelve thousand dollars and i was like <laughs> first of all this is the wrong scroll to include this rug in yeah shouldn't Second even all, be on the same page <laughs> no so yeah rugs are a, a scam a secret scam rugs, rugs are a secret sa- scam yeah. <laughs> busy why don't you get a rug line <laughs> It'd be cute. Is that what we're doing? Is that like what a, I'm doing? An affordable sheet. Affordable rug rugs. Lines. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. I think that the problem is that then you're dealing with like where is it made and who's making it. And you And know the rugs me. don't feel good if they're and they don't feel afford- good. But you also know rug, me. Yeah. I'm not about that like we're not making products on the labor of other women and children yeah. in other countries just because I can't see them personally doesn't mean that it's maybe, okay. Maybe there's like people need jobs now. Maybe there's like an at-home rug manufacturing. <laughs> Guys, latch hook was always my favorite when I was a kid. Oh yeah. Did so you ever la- do latch hook? If, if latch yeah. hook just came with a nice yarn, because it's always like this yarn that's made of like plastic. Bad yarn. It's bad yarn. But I feel like if they came up with like a, a, a higher, you know, like a, a higher taste level latch hook, we could be onto something. I, I do love a latch hook, but I have invested in a Roomba and I, I have to make sure I get a rug that the Roomba won't destroy. Mm, I have a robot <laughs> vacuum too. And I have to like, every time I use it, you have to set up all these fucking barriers so it doesn't <laughs> wander around the house. Every time I use it, I like, I, you do so much cleaning pre setting <laughs> off your robot vacuum. And then like, even though the room is totally bare and totally like just cleared of everything, you set off the robot vacuum and then you have to like take a fork and a dog and <laughs> hair wads out of it. It's, it's, I, I mean, just vacuum. <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a Roomba or a, a robotic vacuum because um, you have stairs. 
Right. I do have stairs, but also like I truly, I got one because I thought, well, maybe I'm having a lot of allergies like because there's dust under my bed or something. And Mm -hmm. I thought the Roombas, that's the perfect application for it. I could not fucking figure out for the life of me how to like program it for the first time. It's really hard. And I was like, this is, I'm not, I'm not a dumb person. I know I don't excel sometimes at, you know, electronics, but this is way too difficult. And I was like, I quit. I'm not I programmed it. mine and then something happened and it got unprogrammed. So now I just I just pressed the button. I pressed the button too because mine kept coming to life at inopportune moments. <laughs> because clearly I had misprogrammed it. And you can't have that mm-hmm. because like no. if it like sucks up your dog because you didn't put your dog away, then you know. <laughs> I've had disasters happen because of my possessed robot vacuum. Um, well, guys, this was real fucking wild. It was David fun. Letterman is an icon. And by the way, yeah. should we tell everyone that there was like a time mix up and we all had to like get out of bed and we were like brushing our teeth and putting our bras well, on? Well, I like- was on the East Coast, so it wasn't for me. I was just like, I had therapy scheduled. <laughs> but Lita, thankfully, was very understanding about David Letterman. It was very therapeutic, I feel like. I feel like, you know. It was for you, I'm sure. For, for him. Uh, oh, for- yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. But it's also interesting. I don't know if you noticed this. Like, to me, at least, it was interesting that, like, he is saying that, like, he's having this introspection, but he does not want to hear the stories yeah. <laughs> from, from you. Or, you know, like, he doesn't want to hear about it, like, what actually happened. Kind. Of. It didn't seem like to me. It yeah, seemed it's like funny. every time it- you would tell a story, he was like, oh, no, no. What an asshole. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Okay. We can change the subject now. Thank you. You know, it and it's like, be- well... It must be very weird to have to have made such a big impression on so many people and then have them telling back to you like, you know, like those are very those aren't very important stories in Dave Letterman's life. But there are stories that I'll remember for the rest of my life. So it must be so weird to have somebody telling you back these things that are like burned into their memories Mm -hmm. because you were such an influential figure when, you know, you've done that for like millions of people, you know. It's very weird. Oh, it's so crazy. Well, yeah. thanks, Dave Letterman. <laughs> Buy me a car. Thanks, thanks, David Letterman. <laughs> I'm excited for you to get that car. I'm excited. I for mean, that car. I'll take a Dodge Neon. <laughs> <laughs> Shantira, I love how much you made him laugh. That was really great. Yeah, he I'll clearly loved honest. you. Okay, guys, I have to run because I have to pee. But I love you guys. This was so wild. That was so fun. David Letterman. It's our first time we had to decompress post an interview. I know. It was a lot. (laughs) I wanted to ask about Meryl, but I didn't know how. So I, I, I just like was trying to get there. So I just was like, what women, is, is, was there ever like a thing? To be, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's a hard question to ask. And the other thing is that is just, I really do have to go. But the other thing is too, it's like tale as old as time, man. Like, yeah, she, you guys were together. You were in a couple. She had all the fucking ideas and made you the star. Like, yeah. welcome to the world of being a fucking woman. Like, yeah, that is what we historically have done for people. Yeah. Men in she our was lives. Like, she's and truly they take all the, the credit. Mo- 
She's I mean, truly she gets the, a lot of credit. Yeah, <laughs> she does. She's truly the mother of modern late night television. If you've ever been a fan of any late night show, uh, it owes at least some debt to Meryl Marco, uh, who is like a, also a mad yeah, genius. But did she get the money? Do you know what I mean? Does she own a piece of it? I think her career post uh, post breaking up with Dave and and dissolving Leaving. their creative partnership. I don't think it was what you would hope. Yeah, that's I'm going to I'm going to just assume that I don't think it was what you would hope, but I don't know officially. Did she want to be a performer? She's hilarious. Yeah, she's a hilarious on camera talent and has <sighs> like an amazing an, an amazing voice and an, an amazing presence. So I'm you glad should... that he spoke about her. You know, she has a book coming out. She does. I know. Maybe we should get her on the pod. She's so great. I am into it. Let's get her. Meryl. Right. I love it. Okay, we're coming for you. Bye, guys. Love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.